It's that time. Everything and anything basketball. Presented by The Outrage. With Peyton Pierthany Castellum and host Spencer Byers, this is Polar Opposites. Welcome to Polar Opposites. Spencer Byers, Cajun, The Ruth, Danny Castellum, and it's here, Cage, the eve of the NBA basketball season. Yes, sir. Recording this on Monday, the 23rd of October, and if I'm not mistaken, Cage, which I feel like I'm not, you would have correct me right there, the NBA season starts tomorrow on Tuesday, the 24th, with the mm-hmm. NBA finally getting underway. The NHL already started. The NBA is finally following suit. So... Top ten position position for day, uh top ten for every position, our top ten players at every position. NBA predictions, where we think teams are gonna finish in the standings. Is there a way too early championship pick? And then we're gonna talk about with that, obviously with the East and West predictions, injuries that are gonna be affecting the teams that we maybe rank higher or rank lower. And then Cage wants to talk about all the new bigs that have been coming in the league for the past probably ten years or so, but it's kind of in hyper, uh, hyper. Uh, how should I? Exp- how should? What word should I use, Cajun? How it's been, uh, I guess, spearheaded by Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama coming into the league the last two years, and have been seemingly just two of the most freakish players we've seen. Guys who are over seven feet, not seven feet. They're seven two and seven four, I believe, for Chet and and Wembanyama, and both can shoot the ball really well. Both can handle really well. Both are good rim protectors. Like it, they're kind of unicorns in that respect. And then at the very end, we're gonna, after we give our predictions of our favorite teams, Raptor, Celtics for me, Raptors for Cajun. We're gonna say what we realistically expect from our two favorite franchises. And hopefully we can get out of here without going an hour and a half. But at this point, that seems almost impossible. Okay, Cajun, we're gonna start right now with the player. Uh, with the top 10 players per position, Gage, mm-hmm. do you want to go 10 and 10, or do you want to go 10 to 1, and then I go 10 to 1? Let's go 10 to 1. So, okay, so you go you go ahead then first, Gage. You tell us your number 10 point guard to your number 1 point guard. And, folks, this gets a little bit dicey because these guys play all over the place. Um, whether it's point guard, shooting guard. So you might hear some names that you might think shouldn't be there. Don't worry, they'll be in different rankings. In terms of rankings, and this point guard position is exceptionally deep. I have Jamal Murray at 10. Cajun, are you all right? You love, you love him. I do. And he's been a great playoff performer. But it remains to be seen how he can, but we've never seen this in the regular season. And it speaks to the amount of depth that this point guard position is. Now, I might look like a fool for this if he shows what he does. He shows what he, he can do in the regular season from like playoff performance. Like he shows what he can do in the playoffs in the regular season. But he hasn't done that yet. 
and he's like he hasn't really played he didn't really play I wouldn't say he didn't play enough games but the regular season last year was kind of like a tune-up for him in terms of like in terms of the in terms of last year's playoffs and we all saw how he was during that, during that playoff run in which Denver ultimately won the title. Um, so I have him as 10. That could easily change if he plays like he did during the playoffs. Now nine. And this gets a little bit interesting because they, there's so many good point guards here. But I'm going to say LaMelo at nine. The only reason he's been just as injury prone too, but he's also had an all-star appearance and he might be the only good thing that's going for Charlotte. Cajun, you're, you're just going to upset me. You're just trying to upset me, Cajun. Go ahead. Continue. Continue, Cajun. Eight. And unlike, and unlike, and unlike other people that have him ranked at 15, I have him ranked at eighth. And that is Darius Garland. Number seven. Number seven, Trey Young. Well, Cage, I just wrote down my list. Well, I've been I've been kind of fine-tuning my list, I guess I should say. And I got like 12 names, and you haven't said some of them yet. And I'm getting a little worried that some of them aren't going to make the list, Cage. Getting a little worried. And then six... I would have to say is Jalen Brunson. Well, I'll make sure I say, if you can hear that in Cajun's background, it is, it is the construction that is continuing at the Thibreau Thinney Castle household. Five is um, De'Aaron Fox. Good pick. So, unlike a so-called media outlet that had him as 22nd last year, I got him as fifth. Yo, okay, wait. You're already at four, and I still haven't heard a bunch of guys, Cage. So, you better shape up. What's going on here? Some of these guys are going to be in shooting guard. Some of these guys are going to be in the shooting guard position. Okay, I think I'm going to take one out of mine and add him to the shooting guard position. I think is what I'm going to do. And I, w- I will say who he is, obviously, when we get to shooting guards. Because I assume that's where you put him as well, because of the guy you put in the point guard position. Yeah, that's why I warned y'all beforehand. I'm like, so if you don't hear any names, a lot of them are going to be in the shooting guard position. So Damian Lillard at four. Tyrese Halliburton at three. Whoa, okay. Now, I have Halliburton on the list, but I don't think he's going to make it to three. Jesus. And I, and you and I love Halliburton. Like, it, it has been a running meme on the showcase that you and I love Tyrese Halliburton. But that is, uh, that's pretty high, Cage. I have high hopes for him. And I think I think he showed his capabilities as a top three point guard. The only pro- last year, the only problem is he wasn't healthy. That was the only issue. And I and I base I'm basing a lot of these point guards as guys who actually do play the point guard majority of the time. And then second for me is Steph Curry. And one is Luka Doncic. Yeah, I think one and two is pretty easy. You know, in all fairness, I think one and two is pretty uh is is pretty simple. 
I know this has kind of been a list that's kind of shocked you, but it's it's not an easy list to make because some of these guys play point guard but aren't don't really play point guard. Okay, I'll make sure I say wait. Can you repeat the list one more time just so okay. I can get another mental picture of it? Okay, so I got Luca at one. Yep. Steph Curry at two. Mahalaburton at three. Lillard at four. Five is De'Aaron Fox. Six is Jalen Brunson. Seven is Trey Young. Eight is Darius Garland. Nine is LaMelo Ball. And 10 is Jamal Murray. Well, see, I also got 10. And it's not the same 10, relatively, because, of course, some of these guys have to be in the rankings because, you know, Curry, Luka, obviously, you and I both have Halliburton, you know, etc. But I have a couple at the late latter end cage that, that are different from you. Just a couple. Okay. And I'm surprised you admitted a name. And I was kind of wondering where you'd put him because he's the wild card, in my opinion, of the NBA rankings and the point guard rankings. But I'm going to go with talent. I don't really care about the off the court because if I was a GM, I wouldn't. And I would be the first one to tell you, I do not care what you do off the floor. I care what you do on the floor. So if you are a good enough player to mitigate your distraction, you will be on my basketball team. Kyrie Irving sometimes oversteps that line. I think I know who you're referring to. I think you do too. But it's only because of his 25-game suspension and, like, this is an 82-game season that I kind of have him to the side right now. Well, it's okay because Trey Young does not make my list. LaMelo Ball does not make my list. So I think those are the two names that you and I do not agree on at all because I do not like LaMelo Ball or Trey Young at all. I think they're horribly inefficient on bad basketball teams. So I just do not see a need for them to be on my top 10 list. My sure. number 10 point guard, Kate, if you want to order this up for me because I just kind of wrote down names and went, eh, I'll, I'll order them in later. Number 10, the new Philadelphia 76ers starting point guard, Tyrese Maxey. And the reason why he's going point guard is because James Harden has become such a non-factor. I think he's going to play point guard. So that's my point guard. Ty- number 10, Tyrese Maxey. Fair you could right. argue shooting guard. You probably put him in your shooting guard rankings. I, I do have him in my shooting guard rankings. Which makes sense. I think he's better than both Young and Ball, in my opinion. But because of Harden now becoming a non-factor and Harden maybe maybe wanting to be, needing to be in this point guard list because he led the league in assists last year, I think putting Maxey at 10 you know, for me works. I, I love Tyrese Maxey. Hero also just misses out. I love Tyler Hero, but he hasn't started for his own team, which I think is a problem. So once see, he starts starting for Miami, I, I think he'll move into that top 10 role, I think. See, for me, I have him as, like, if, as a if shooting guard. Make, if he does make my ranking, he, he's shooting guard. I would also agree with that, but now with Gabe Vincent gone, I'm not even sure where he's going to play. Because again, these guys are moved all over the floor. Like some nights, Cage, I literally look at score and it says, Tatum shooting guard, Jalen Brown power forward. And I go, oh, okay, fair enough. Anyway. See, that's the issue with making these rankings. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even argue. I can't even argue with you with that. Because what position do they even play at the end of the day? Yeah, everyone kind of plays everywhere except for center. Center's like the only spot we can actually say. Now, the, the seven footer goes there. So Maxi for me is number 10. Number nine is John Morant. 
for obvious reasons, as I just said, that I, I think talent. Tal- Talent-wise, he's he's way up there. He, he's not five if he's talent, but the problem is, I think top- so that's why he moves down the list for me. He's not. He's not. He's in the top ten because I think he has been the top ten even with twenty-five game suspension. But because I, Cajun, as I told you, I looked. I'm looking right now at the point guard stats of last year. Two point guards of the top fifteen, the top or no top sixteen. 16 up in the NBA in the NBA last year averaged 20 points or more as a point guard. So 16 point guards did that. Of the 16, only two of them played more than 70 games. Two of them. So, you know, availability I think is a problem, but I think it's a, bit, a problem across the board as as Adam Silver's trying to do right now, getting guys to not take as many games for load management. This is an 82 game league, and you're consistently like Luka Doncic, 66 games. Steph Curry, 56 games. You know. Uh, De'Aaron Fox played the most, 73. Jalen Brunson, 68. Halliburton only played 56. I'm not saying injuries don't happen, but the reality is availability matters. Availability matters. So I agree with you that Morant, because of the suspension, drops, but not out of the top 10 for me. Not not out of the top 10. Uh, so, what? For, honestly, for like my top 10, it, was literally, it literally had to come down to availability over Morant. Because at the end of the day, in terms of like how these guys are gonna be in terms of like ranking stats wise, or maybe players wise, or maybe play like stats wise or like awards wise, Morant's not gonna have a shot at that because he's gonna miss 25 games to begin it off, and then who knows how many games he might miss? Like obviously injuries are a factor too. So Cage, I'm gonna tell a lie. I'm gonna make Shea play shooting guard. Because I forgot to put him in my point guard list. And I don't want to reorder this because I love Tyrese Max and I think he deserves a mention. So I'm going to say Shea is a shooting guard and he will be in the shooting guard list. Because I'm looking at my list right now and going, I mean, Shea obviously makes a top 10 list no matter what position you play him. You can play him at center and Shea Gilders Alexander's top 10 player. Anyway, so I'll continue. So Maxi Morant, number seven for me or number eight for me is a real problem because there's so many good players. I think it's got to be Jamal Murray. You said the regular season didn't really panned out for him. I agree with you. But in saying that, he did average 20 a game last year, one of 16 point guards to do that. So I think that gives him a mention almost immediately in that. When you're one of the 16 top scoring point guards and you play with the Joker and you play with Gordon and MPJ, I mean, you know. And then obviously his great playoff run does obviously add to that mystique. So then to seven. I got to go with, I think, Jalen Brunson. Simon's got to be, I think, Brunson. Well, you have him a spot below where I, uh, spot below where I did. I, I, think, was... I think at this point, Cage, at this point, I you could argue from about, from, from, uh, as I look for the name, Jamal Murray down, I think you could argue any one of these guys to move a spot up or down. Because I love mm-hmm. all these guys. Fair so Brunson's, uh, Brunson, I said seven. Six, De'Aaron Fox goes six, Halliburton goes five. Because I think I got to go D-Gar, Darius Garland, five, or four. You have Garland at four. I have Garland. I love Darius Garland. Darius Garland is an 11th point guard in points per game at 21. He's super efficient. He shoots 41% from three. He averaged almost eight assists a game, and he plays with Spinda and Evan Mobley. And Jared Allen. His team is gross, and he is a great component of it. And when he is injured, you see it on the floor for Cleveland. So right. I think he's a pivotal player for that team. And again, I love Darius Garland. So Garland goes four. 
Damian Lillard goes three. And if the Bucks are as good as we think they're going to be, he could move up. Curry goes two, and Luka goes one. So one and two are basically the same. Because they have to be. Like, you can argue Curry over Doncic, but I think the youth for Luka is going to take over with that. And maybe playing with Kyrie might, you know, maybe mess up that ranking a little bit. But, you know. You have Kyrie as a two spot? I don't know. Yeah, I have Kyrie as a two. I also have Shea as a two. Okay. I also because if I, if we're gonna put Luca at the one, we have to put we have to put um uh, uh Kyrie. I had Kyrie in my point guard list, and then and then I was looking at it like no, I, I have eleven names, and I was like I don't think he could make it. Like I I know he could make it a point guard, but if I have Luca on his same team, they both can't play point guard, so I'll put him at shooting guard. And then I I'll say the same thing for Shea. I will say Giddy's the point guard and call Shea the shooting guard. That that will be that'll be my cop out basically. So Cajun, your shooting guards. 10 to 1. So I guess I'll re- recap mine if I can remember them all. It went Maxi, Morant, Murray, Fox, nope, Brunson, Fox, Halliburton, Garland, Lillard, Curry, Doncic. 10 to 1. This time, let me go from 1 to 10. Because I'm Ooh, still. Okay. Good. Okay. So who do you got? 1. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Wow. What a, what a, what a bold pick, Gage. I mean, you could argue Booker's at the top of that list, but to me, I wouldn't. But when you average thirty-one a game and five and five, and not only that, and I think this is the bigger this is the bigger separation factor for me here. When you average a steal, a steal and a half and a block per game, so you're one you're one of the premium two-way players at your position. That to me decided the factor between me and Bo- uh, between Shea, SGA and Booker. Now, is that is sort of like a high ranking and that sort of recency bias? Probably, but it was a heck of a season for Shea Gilgis Alexander. And I guess another question to ask though is because Booker looks like he's playing the point guard, do we technically call him a point guard? And no offense to Evan Booker, I he's probably better than Maxi, Morant, I don't know. And after that, maybe Jamal, he's better than Jamal Murray, but I don't think he's better than Brunson. I know he's not better than Halliburton or Fox or Garland or et cetera for me. So, like, I'm not really sure, Booker, where he fits right now because you've also got Bradley Beal in there, who I don't think is going to make the shooting guard list for either of us. But, again, he's a mention of, like, hey, you know, he is a really good basketball player, is, you know, Bradley Beal, and we're just going to see where he plays now. Well, with that being said, I do have Booker at two for obvious reasons, like – can get you a bucket at any point of the game. My only question is, like, how is the adjustment process going to be now that CP3 is not in the picture? And how does he adjust with Beale and Durant? That, to me, is a bigger issue. But I think he's more like that KD type where, like, you could fit him into almost anything, into almost any system, and he'll thrive. Because we saw, we saw it at um, Kentucky when he played a different role. And then, and then his early Phoenix years, even at the Olympics, he played a more three and D type, um, three and D type role. So, yeah, I have him at two. Number three, and this is a little iffy because this guy can either play the two, the three, the four, but I think you're gonna like this, Jalen Brown. Number three, hey. Yeah. I mean, I, I was probably going to overrank him anyway, but apparently I wasn't going to overrank him. So you know what? That's a big dub for me. That's that's a big dub. 
the new $300 million man. We can talk about how he can dribble with his left hand and how he turns the ball over. The man can score and defend. Get to the line. Score from all three positions. Rebounds the ball exceptionally well. A great two-way player. If he was on any other team, you could argue he'd be one. But because Tatum's right beside him, it's kind of taken away from his uh, taken away from his production a little bit, but heck of a player nonetheless. Now four. You could argue this guy could be three, Donovan Mitchell. You know, first season Cleveland, a resounding success. But what's going to be really interesting is that those extension talks with the Cavs have kind of like stalled a bit, and it's a make or break season for for Cleveland based off of how the playoffs went against the Knicks. How's he going to adjust to even more pressure? Like, how will he adjust being either a secondary primary playmaker or, or the closer? Because it remains to be seen. Will Evan Mobley take over that secondary playmaker role? And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Donovan Mitchell adjusts to that. Now, five, I am a big fan of him. And I think he is... A premier talent. Availability has been an issue for obvious reasons. But I got to go with my boy here. Kyrie! So Irving goes five in the shooting guard list. He's a bucket getter. You you said Devin Booker's a walking bucket. No offense to Devin Booker. But Kyrie Irving is a walking bucket. Like the way, the only way he'll stop, he'll, he'll you can shut him down is pray. That's how that's how good of a bucket getter he is. I'm having a problem making a bloody list. I'm looking at these shooting guards. Like I don't like that player. I don't like that player. God, I don't like that player. I'm getting starting to run out of running names, Kate. Running out of names. Now six. This guy could easily rise up. He's only 22 years old. We've talked about the joke about Tatum. It's like he's 19, he's 20, he's 21, he's 22. But this guy's 22 and can easily catapult up this rankings because I looked at this the sort of list that I kind of made up right now. I was like, oh, I got to put this guy on right now. Anthony Edwards. I mean, Ant's got to make any shooting guard list, don't he? Yep. But I have him at six, and he could easily rise up. Seven, DeJounte Murray. I like that pick. It took me a minute to put him on the list, Cage. I'll be honest. It took me a minute. I was arguing about it in my head, like, because I was like, but Andy's so good defensively, I think he's got to make a list. And he already went through that growing pains of, like, first year in a new team after being the go-to guy for so long for, for San, in San Antonio for a minute. And I'm going to be honest, he kind of adjusted well behind, between between Trey Young, but there's still so much more room for growth. And now with another year of seasoning in Atlanta and another year of being in that back row with Trey Young, I think – I think he's going to surprise people. Th- those numbers in his last year in San Antonio, like you're going to see you're going to see numbers close to that this year. Um now 8. And talent-wise, I don't know if you really consider can if you can really consider him a shooting guard. And he's had so many injury issues, but he's got the talent. Paul George. That's a great pick, PG. I don't even have PG on my list because he is a shooting guard slash small forward. I'm not even sure he makes either because he is so injury prone now. And I love Paul George. I think the world of Paul George. I think Kawhi for me, the same thing. I love Kawhi Leonard, but what is he now? 
with all the injuries, with all the leg injuries, with all the the, the hiatuses. Like, what are they as players right now? I, I got to see it for an extended period of time to know what Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are. So I don't think either of them will make my list. But I, I do appreciate that PG is getting a mention. And nine. And I'm kind of going to give it away here with the drama surrounding James Harden. It's going to benefit one person and one person in particular, and that's Tyrese Maxey. So I got Maxey at nine. And he showcased a lot. And he's still young. And now he could be like that one. He could be that combo one-two player. Like he could play at the one. He could play at the two. I consider him at the two. Spencer uh, had him at the one in his rankings. Um, But I consider him a – I don't really see him as a natural one. He's more so like a shooting guard that can play me. That has the capability to play me. But his natural ability is to score. So, and, hey, he could catapult up these rankings, too. Based off of the opportunity that, that he has. So, for me, nine has to be, for me, is Tyrese Maxey. And ten. And this is where, like, I could get flack for this. Okay, who who you putting at ten? And as much as I love Tyler Hero, the opportunity that Desmond Bain's gonna get is going to be too great for me. First twenty five games, especially without Moran, as you mentioned. Morant. and Jaron Jackson Jr. As good as he is defensively, isn't as good offensively as he is defensively. So to start things off for the first twenty five games, Desmond Bain is gonna be that one option, and because of that alone, I'm going with Bain. He's shown a lot since he got drafted by Memphis at 30th. I'm still, I, I am still livid that Toronto could have had an opportunity to draft him at 29, but instead they went with, I can't, I don't want to cuss here, and I'm not going to, but they went with, out of all people, Malachi Flynn, Mr. 73. Hey, hey, Malachi was great in college. It just sucks it never panned out at the pros. That's all I got to say. I, I do. SDSU I, star. I do think his development was stalled. Yeah, Nick Nurse kind of messed that all up, didn't he? Yeah, and he has looked better this preseason. That's beside the point right now. I have Bane at 10. I I like that pick. Gotta be honest here, Cage. I was worried about three names that were going to make your list. I was going to be very upset about. Austin Reeves. No. That, that one. That one. No. I don't know where he's going to fit on a lot of people's lists. He's not on my top ten. Like I love, I love Josh Giddy. I didn't know if he'd make my list. He doesn't because again, I don't really know if he's a shooting guard or a point guard between him and Shea. To but me, he's a point guard. I agree with you. He's on my, he's on the shooting guard tab of the NBA. While Shea's a one, but regardless of which one you want to say, I'm not sure if he makes either the point guard or shooting guard list. But I feel like he's a top fifteen either, Josh Giddy, because of all the other things he can do. His shooting yep. isn't great. But he's a good rebounder, great passer, pretty good defender because he's long, all of those things. And then through what's three? Whoa, and the number whoa. three, Cage, you're, you're either going to love or hate, and you know I love this guy, Montreal's own Benedict Matherin. I didn't put him in. Matherin didn't make the list. But I love Benedict Matherin. And I had to convince myself, Cage, and I had to convince myself, okay, I can't, I can't. I kept looking at him, Cage. I kept going down the list like, ah, I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy. I looked at Benedict Matherin. I'm like, oh, I'll put you in so bad. I want to put you in so bad. 
but I can't. I think I in a year or two, you'll see him in the top 10. I can't justify it. I agree a thousand percent. He'll probably, might, he'll probably be next year's list. And I also, I'll, I'll say a fourth, Jordan Poole. I wanted to put Jordan Poole in so bad. Cause I think he's going to be so good. He's going to drop like 28 this year in, in Washington because they're so bad. But anyway, I wanted I to think put Poole in. For me. I think he's I wanted cool. to put Poole in too, but he just, just couldn't fit in. Cage just couldn't. Maybe I could have had Poole there. I probably should have had Poole there instead of Levine, like for honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that's kind of like iffy for me is like one, he doesn't really play any defense, but who does? Uh, he's on a new team, so and I think and I think with the Jordan Poole experience, the problem is you'll have one game when in which he'll drop forty five and think he's a top five shooting guard in the NBA, and then he'll go one for fifteen the next day. And to me, that that sort of like pendulum between from like game to game or like two games, one game type thing. He's not the inconsistencies kind of take away from it, don't they? Yeah, that and that's and that's the issue, and that's the issue for me. Now, okay. by the right. end of the season, he could easily he'll easily be top ten because but, Washington's so bad, he'll be the number one option. Yeah. Like, let's be completely honest with it. It's because he's playing on a bad team, but it's also because he's going to be the number one option on a bench player like he was in Golden State. But anyway, so my top 10 shooting guards. Now, Cage, I couldn't find 10 I liked. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I, could, I couldn't do it, Cage. I couldn't do before, it. Before we get into that, what do you think about my top 10? I, I like it. You know, I, I don't like a lot of shooting guards right now. I think I, think I, I, think I found out doing this list. I got to, like, six and went, oh, my God, I hate, like, all of these players. All these guys I do not like. Not that they're not good players, I just don't I don't like them. I don't think they're I don't think they're top ten players at any position, but because of the shooting guards I'm looking at right now, I'm like, I don't think I gotta make it. That's why I loved your Paul George show, even though I don't think he makes the list. So my number ten shooting guard, as I scan down my list, Cajun, I think it's I think it's gotta be Desmond Bain. Okay, I wanna so put him higher because of the other guys I have in this list, but I can't justify it. I think if he has a great year this year, if he can replicate his 21, 21 and a half points per game, shoot a little more efficiently, and be a, a you know a, a continued star of that team, it needs to kind of buck up without John Moran for the first twenty five games. I think, I, think the list. I think I think if he could if he does exactly what he did last year, but it's healthy because mm-hmm. health was health was the issue. He only played fifty eight games last year. You're right. That is true. So Desmond Bain's number ten. Number nine. He had to make the list, Cage, because I couldn't, I couldn't justify putting Kyrie on the list, putting John Morant on the list, and not putting him on the list, even though you're going to be very surprised I say this name. James Harden is number nine as my whoa, best shooting guard whoa. in the NBA. You can't lead the league in assists and not make the top ten list. That can't happen. Cage, I, I, I put Clay Thompson in. I was, it was going to be Clay and then Bain. And then I kept looking at James like, Harden can't make not make the list, Cage. Harden has to be on the list. As much as I hate him, as much as he's doing some stupid stuff, I can't admit him from the list. He has to go on, so James Harden, number nine. That's all I'm going to say. Bane, 10, Harden, nine. Well. Now, now number eight. Go ahead. I would have Harden. To me, I have Harden as a point guard. And it's obvious because I had Maxi in this rankings as the two. Yeah, and I flipped it. So we're thinking, thinking the same thing. Yep. So hard number eight, number or number nine, number eight. Now the going gets tough because all these guys I think are razor close. Okay. Okay, but I think it's between two names. Uh, mm, I'm sorry, Dejounte. Dejounte goes eight. 
DeJounte Murray goes eight for Atlanta. Bradley Beal goes seven. And the reason oh. why Beal's on the list is because he's never played point guard. Booker and Beal are both shooting guards. We're going to see who plays point guard this year. The difference between Kyrie and Luca to me is they both played together already. We already know Luke is the one and Kyrie's the two. We've never seen Booker and Beal play an NBA game, like a regular season NBA game, I should say. So when we see him together, we can argue about who's the point guard, who's the shooting guard, who's the small forward with Kevin Durant also being there, whatever. Beal gets seventh because, again, Beal was sixth in points per game, even though availability, again, he was also about 50% from the field, which is really good. He's really efficient which I appreciate. So Beal gets in as well. I think my issue with Beal is availability is one. I agree. I agree. But when you're playing for a bad team, though, I, I, I always wonder if that's an actual injury or if they're just trying to tank. And I know, like, relatively teams don't tank anymore, but in the NBA, I feel like they do. Football, you can't. I think in the NBA, you can. Because of the small rosters and stuff, I think, I think you can. You could you could tank in the NFL. You couldn't tank because there's too many guys. You have 53 man roster in the NFL compared to a 12 to 15 guy rotation in the NBA. And I, th- and I think my biggest question for Beal, aside from availability, how's he going to look as a third option? He hasn't been. He's never been a third option. That's a fair point. So, but I'm just basing it off of what he's done now by coming into the year. Where does he go? I think he's seventh best shooting guard in the league. That could that could change. He could be the the twelfth best point guard next year. I don't know. But right now, I think Bradley Beal needs needs a mention on the list because of how I talented think, he I is. I think he's honorable mention for me, but not on the list yet. Like, you I put think, you put you put Paul George, who's more injury prone than Beal, so I don't want to hear that. Anyway, Cage, you, he is you, more you've been blocked. Prone than Beal, but you've been blocked. We're gonna continue the list, Cage. Okay, this is already we've already gone like forty minutes on this. Okay, we still got to do two more positions plus our season rankings. Okay, so I'm gonna speed you up. Anyway, okay. so Beal. Now it gets a little harder. And I think it's got to be Anthony Edwards next, which means Anthony Edwards goes, what, sixth? Well, we both yep, have him at six. six. Well, I think we're going to both down to Mitchell at five. I thought about flip-flopping him, but I love Donovan Mitchell too much. He also averaged the most points per game as of any shooting guard last year in 68 games, which is more than Brad, uh, Devin Booker. And I think Mitchell's got to be – so Mitchell, again, Razor's thin between Anthony Edwards and Donovan Mitchell, but I love Mitchell more, I guess. And, and Mitchell offers way more points than poor Ant. In less games, in fairness to, to Ant, whose availability has been great, but, you know, if we're putting Booker higher than both of them. I mean, availability matters. Um, So now I got Kyrie, Shea, Booker, and Brown left. Those are the four I got left. Shea, Booker, Brown, and Kyrie. Okay. I think Kyrie's got to go four. Okay. Booker's going to go three. I got Jalen Brown as number two. And Shea, I agree with you. Shea Gilded Alexander goes number one. But you were going off at me for putting them so high. You ended up having them at one. I was going to put him three. And then you put him three. So I have to put him two. I can't put him three. I'm not going to be I'm not gonna be the homer and put him at three and match the Raptors fan. That just ain't right. That just ain't right. I also, was, like, I also don't like. I also don't like Devin Booker. Was a little bit honest, I also don't like Devin Booker. I'm not a big. I'm not a fan of his game. I'm not saying he's not a great player. That's not. That's not what this is. It's just I'm not a big fan of Devin Booker. And obviously, yeah. as we all know, I love me some Jalen Brown. So now to the shoot. Now to the small forwards list. Cage. This one's a little more interesting because 
There's all types, all shapes and sizes of shooting guards. Do you prefer the Scotty Barnes? Do you prefer the, you know, I'll go Jeremy Grant, Mikhail Bridges? You know, there's so many names that could make the list, but do they? I don't know. I mean, in in the case of Mikhail Bridges, if he's not a shooting guard, then he's a small forward for me. Well, he's a, he's on the small forward list for the NBA of last season, so. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So, number one, let's get this out of the way, Jason Tatum. Say, say it again. Say it again, Kitch. I didn't hear you. Which say it again? Jason Tatum. W- one more time. A little faster. One more time. Jason Tatum. Sounds about right. Continue. Number two. Now, two and three, I could argue, could flip-flop. And some could argue this guy could be ahead of the other. But I got two LeBron, three KD. Number four. And this is ha- this has to be based off of the playoff run. Jimmy G buckets. The G stands for gets Jimmy Butler. Now five. And I feel like I'm kind of overranking him a little bit. But hey, whatever. Because... He was so good in Brooklyn when he got traded there, and I think he's with the number one option. I think he's going to elevate himself even more. Mikael Bridges, at five, six, and I'm and this is with me hoping that he goes, that he finally sort of plays sixty games like he did in Toronto from twenty eight in the twenty eighteen nineteen season. Kawhi Leonard. Now seven, and this is where this sort of gets a little bit dicey. I think. He's such a bucket getter, and he's done a couple of different things as of late, and his game has aged well in spite of him not shooting threes, DeMar DeRozan. Number eight, and this is based off of talent, because he's shown it, but he's never, he doesn't really stay on the floor, but he he is a great talent, Brandon Ingram. Number nine, and I had to decide how this was going to be between two Raptors players. Lol. But I got to go Scotty Barnes because the opportunity is just too great for him right now, being a point forward. And 10, I don't, it's not a Raptor. Franz Wagner. You insert swear word here, Cajun. I put him on the list. I love Franz Wagner. He was going to be on the list. How could you take Franz Wagner from me? The we German be, maestro. We might be polar opposites here, but hey, some things we do have in common. I just think offensively, he's more fluid than Ananobi. And defensively, he can hold his own. That's what decide, That's what's, That's the deciding factor for me over at for OG, but I do love OG. So Tatum, LeBron... KD, Jimmy Butler, Mikel Bridges, Kawhi, Damar, Brandon Ingram, Scotty Barnes, Franz Wagner. I don't disagree. Obviously, there's a couple players I have admitted that you haven't. I want to put an honorable mention, Chris Middleton. He's now going to be the third option, and he also is very injury prone. I want to put him on the list. I love him as a player, but he misses out. And I, I know you. I know he misses out on your list too, but I, I just want to mention Chris Middleton deserves a mention. I agree. Wiggins, maybe. Could have made a list. 
But again, his availability has been kind of suspect. Or, or as the chef in Ratatouille said, highly suspect. <laughs> Which I think I'm going to use way more as a meme now. That is a hilarious line. And I also, Cajun, I got to be honest here. You know, my lists have been serious, but I've added a couple players that I really like on the, on the bottom tier to, to be able to big them up. Dylan Brooks almost made it. Genuinely. I, I, I looked Dylan Brooks and went, oh, I think he's going to make it. And then I started getting down to names and I went, uh, I don't think wow. I can, I can, I don't think I can put Dylan Brooks here. But if, if, if Dylan Brooks has a great year with Houston, which he very well could with how good he was with Canada, we'll see if that That's, translates. And, and by the way, by the way, folks, you used to hate Dylan Brooks. Well, because I thought he was a knob from all the things he said in the media. And then I watched him play basketball for Canada and drop, what, 38 in the, in the bronze medal game against the Americans to win 39. the bronze medal against the Americans at the World Cup. And what, what else am I supposed to feel, Cajun? It's like, it's like when a Canadian scores at the World Cup when we, when we were in, when we were in um, Qatar against Belgium. I was there. Oh, I, was, I, was, I wasn't in Qatar. I was in a bar with a bunch of, ironically, former CSM students now, but CSM colleagues. As we were all there, right? And we watched Canada score the first goal ever at a World Cup. It was amazing. It was a great moment. I, can, I honestly, the best part is, I can't tell you who scored it, but I remember that moment of watching the ball go through and, like, reacting a little bit because I'm a soccer yep. fan, unlike other people who just, like, watch and go, ha, goal. I reacted to the build-up play. Anyway, so Brooks almost made it if he has a great year with Houston and obviously keeps up his defensive work. He could make the list. It's just so, he was so efficient last year, inefficient, that I don't think he'd make a list. Mm -hmm. So with all that said, let's get to the list. Number 10, it's got to be uh, Keldon Johnson of the San Antonio Spurs. I love Keldon Johnson. I don't know what his role is going to be now with Wembenyama on the team, but I feel like Keldon Johnson is going to be a great Robin if Wembenyama can beat Batman. But I also think they can be two great 1A, 1B options if Wembenyama takes some time to acclimate to the NBA game. See, unpopular opinion here, I think he's the third option. Below who? Devin Vassell. Oh, you're a joke. Now, okay, now, blocked. I'm not even going to hear that. I'm not even going to hear that argument. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Like Vassell, he's the third option. Not even close. Not even close. Anyway, so <laughs> Keldon Johnson. Then I'm going to put Mikhail Bridges at nine. Okay. God. It's so hard with all these guys being injury prone. It's so hard, Cage. I know. I got I hate putting him at eight. I can't I can't I can't do that. I can't damn it. Okay. I gotta go Michael Porter Jr. at eight. Oh. I love me some MPJ. I do love MPJ, but he's injury prone to me. That's why, like and half this list injury prone, Cajun. I have I have a, I have I have the I literally have the ER. He he's he is injury prone. The other issue for me is that he's more more or less so a third option or fourth option on that team. Apparently, so is Kelton Johnson. So I don't care about your opinion anyway. So Kelton Johnson, Mikael Bridges, Michael uh -huh. Porter Jr. And now it's seven. I think it has to be Franz Wagner. I want to put him a little higher, but I think it has to be Franz Wagner now. I love Franz Wagner. I just watched a a clip of. Patrick Beverly on his podcast, because every NBA player has a podcast now, it's kind of funny, um, on his podcast saying that Franz Wagner thought a top 60, not top 50 player, or if you think he was 52nd ranked in the NBA list, because how are the Magic bad if they have Boncaro who's top 30 on their list and Franz Wagner is basically top 50? And I disagree with that wholeheartedly, that notion, because I don't necessarily think, I don't necessarily think it's the talent of player, I think it's the mix of player. Because the difference between being a top 30 and 50 player versus having, like, 
LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who are top 10 players, arguably when they're healthy. Yep. So I just I disagree with I disagreed with Patrick Beverly's point on, especially when it felt like he was disrespecting Franz Wagner and Paulo Boncaro. But for me, Franz Wagner, I think Franz Wagner is fantastic. Anyway, I think I think Brandon Ingram's got to go here. I think that's what six. Yes, I have five names left. So Brandon Ingram goes six. Kawhi Leonard. I hate that, but Kawhi Leonard's got to go five because again, injury proneness. Yep. But Kawhi Leonard's great. Um, then Jimmy Butler goes four. Hate that. I can't. I can't stress enough how much I don't want to put him at four, but I have to with the rest of the list. I can't put him any lower. I can't justify it as bad as I want to. Hey, I, I love Jimmy Butler because of for obvious reasons. And I hate Jimmy Butler for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, number three is going to be LeBron James because I think age is slowly catching up to him and the availability is a problem. And I love LeBron James. I think he's the greatest player ever. That's just my opinion. Um, And he's so good at such an old age, but... He's going to be resting games a lot more. The injuries are going to be coming more and more as he gets older. And Kevin Durant is a little younger, probably a better scorer. And but Kevin he's Durant also will just be century prone. And 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 but and Durant will be the number one option on a better team. So I think it also may play a factor in the end. So Kevin Durant goes two. LeBron James goes three. And as you said, Cajun, Jason Tatum. I'm going to regret that number one ranking based off of the fact well, that. As long as we can agree, Cage. As long as we can agree, the only number one that we agree, we well, I guess we agree, agree on Doncic too, eh? And, and he's ironically, I think we agreed on every single number one. I was going to say the only one, but no, we agreed on every single one. Huh. Oh, anyway, Cage, go ahead. Power forwards. Power forwards. Oh man, this gets a little bit tough, and I'm going to have yes, some names. I'm There's a lot of really new power forwards. That's the best part. Is the shooting the small forwards were okay. The shooting guard I had a real problem with. There's like too many good power forwards. Are you sure about that? Because I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, looking at this list right now, I, I see a lot of really good players. If we, if you're not gonna rip my head off, you might rip my head off by this list. Um, number one. I gotta go, Giannis. Oh, you trailblazer, you! <laughs> I gotta go, Giannis. Um, number two, Data Davis, Anthony Davis, Anthony Data Davis. Say what you want about his health, but he's a great two-way player and defensively, he's right up there. Number three, and this is where, like, all hell breaks loose. This is where all hell breaks loose because, holy, did this end up being tougher than I thought. What did you do? So I have to say, Cage, what did you do? What did I do? I asked Siakam at three. Oh, you've got to be kidding me with that. I have him on the list. But he's not the third best power forward. Get out of here with that. Because get out of here with that. Oh, that's a joke. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to keep it like that. Because I wanted to put this guy at three. 
and I have him at four. But I think he's such a demigod and unicorn already that like this this ranking might look might look like a joke. He might be higher. Victor Wembenyama. What? What? No, come on, Kate. You're you're joking. That's like honestly, you're you're joking, right? Like you, you did you you're you're pulling my leg. No, I'm not. You put him at what? At <laughs> four. Is this why you overdrafted him in every league you're in? He's in like nine basketball leagues. He drafted women like top five every time. Like Cage is on Cage is on some copium. I don't know what's going on over there in the through with any castle mouse. Apparently all that apparently the them renovating spindled the asbestos dust in the air just kind of go right to your brain. This is awful. That is disgusting by you. I am disgusted with you, Cajun. Disgusted. <laughs> I cannot be, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe you've done this. I cannot I can't oh okay. my god. The Siakam one is justified. But the way Wemby has looked in preseason in which Oh like, you've he... got it. you okay no 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 you're not gonna whitewash these people. You're not gonna whitewash the few fans you've got, Cajun, with that disgusting say of Wembenyama and say because the preseason he looked great. Because of the preseason I can't I can't believe you just did that. That is that is heinous. Now I tell you, Cage, I'm gonna make this make sure that I make this clear. I like Wembenyama. I don't love Wembenyama. I gotta see it to believe it. When he has bad games, you're gonna get meme for that. Top four power forward, guys. Top four power forward. Can't believe and you. When, and we, when when he has great games. I can't believe you. I'll be a messiah. Um uh, number five. Lori Markkinen. There's like an uncomfortable silence here. I didn't even want to react to that. I, I love Lori Markkinen. He's on my list. So there's no arguing here. There's no arguing from the buy, from the buyer's household. All right. Okay. How the hell Lori Markkinen, who averaged, what was it? Look, 25.6 points per game last year on 50% from the field. How he is behind a rookie who hasn't played an NBA game yet. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough. Six. Evan Mobley. And seven. I wanted to take him off my top off my top ten list. I can't justify it. Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, you you suck, Cage. I oh. I can't I can't justify uh, it. He, he he is talented. Maybe not come playoff time, but he's talented. And Gobert plays the five. So is a dog at a dog show. What's your point? What what what, what was the point of that? He's talented. Yeah, at what? He's slow. He can't play defense. Yeah, sure, he can shoot, but he's not even the best player on his own team. When we talk about power forwards. Cajun, Cajun, I can't believe you, big homie. You're, you're, you know, you're just unbelievable. Unbelievable, Cajun. Unbelievable. Number eight. Paolo Bencaro. He made my list. I can't argue that. Made my list. And 9 and 10 gets a little tough. 
I'm not gonna okay, lie. Fine. My power, my power forward list is really good. Your power forward list is a joke. So you, you continue. No, one, no wonder you were talking about how your power forward list was eh, because it's a joke. But anyway, continue. Go ahead, Kate. Go ahead. Finish up. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got the floor, Kate. You got the floor. Huh. Man. Honestly, nine, because he played such a big role on that Denver team, I have Aaron Gordon. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. And then 10. <sighs> 10. Okay, now I have to ask a very important question, Cajun. Is DeMontis yes. Sabonis a center for you? No. He's not. He's a five. So he is a center. Okay, that's what I said. That's what I said. He's a center. Okay. Because I was going to say, because on my list, he's listed as a power forward. So he's in my power forward ranking. He's a center for me. Okay, then I might move him just because of you. So anyway, I might move DeMontis Bonus, but I was going to get very upset. I was, I was going to get very upset. Okay, continue. Oh, no, 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 He, 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 I can kind of spoil this right now. I can kind of spoil it at this point. To me, he's third after Jokic and Embiid. That, hey, that's the issue you had. That's the main issue you had. I'm like, he wasn't a power forward to me. He's can't, can't, really, can't really argue that. No, he's probably the third best center in the league. But I still I still can't believe you actually put Wemanyama on, on, not on the list, but at four? Like what are you ESPN? Like what do you what do you what what the hell is this TNT? I mean we, we don't know rights we, we don't we aren't showing no games the hell. Really we got really, I, I gotta figure when the Spurs play now we gotta we gotta do the Spurs game we gotta watch what Minamo's first game. This is they're ridiculous. Dallas and they don't have a big. Huh? They're playing oh. the Mavs and they don't have a big. Like that matters in this league. Nobody's got a big. They don't play like bigs anymore anyway. Who's number 10? I tried so hard not to justify to like justify him being out of this rankings. But town-wise, if he's healthy, it's it's he's just it's just like if if he's healthy. I know exactly what you're saying. Ion. Yeah, Ion. I he's I just put him on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I agree with the exact same logic as if if he is available, he is a freak. It's just the problem is he's never available. He's just never available. There you have it. The abomination that is my power forward rankings, according to Spencer Biden. What, whatever that is, it is it is whatever that is, whatever that <laughs> happens to be, whatever you want to call that. I call that the garbage list. That's what that was when was in my garbage this week, Cage, and it was like Giannis. Okay, you know that probably shouldn't have went in the garbage. But it was yeah, you know that makes sense. Laurie Markkinen, Pascal Siakam, you know, and then you got Victor Wembanyama. What? What? Throw that, throw that right in the trash compactor. My God. What? <laughs> well, I had 82. My God. Like, no wonder you overdrafted him in every single league, you absolute melon. Like, I can't believe you right now. Like, I genuinely, like, I'm so confused at how you put Wemanyama 4. Because now he's not on my list. Because of you, he's not on the list. He made it, He might have made the list if you put him at 6 or 8 or, you know, it was a reasonable ranking. But 4? 
The fourth best power force never played in the NBA before. What do you know, Lyles? Hell's going on here. Yes. What hell is going on here. Anyway, so now my list. And ten. Make sure I have the right, right number of names. I think I do. I do have ten. Perfect. Uh, number ten. I agree with you, Zion Williamson. Availability is a massive problem, but when he is available, he's a freak. So he gets the number 10 spot. Number nine, Aaron Gordon, champion with the Nuggets, is like the fourth option on that team, third or fourth option, depending on it with York or MPJ. But the reason why the Nuggets won the championship this year is because Aaron Gordon's great, M- MPJ's great, Jamal Murray's great, and obviously Joker is great. And like I think you we'll- and I have just ranked f- – I've ranked four of their five starters. I'm going to get to the fifth or fourth starter in Jokic in the top five or top ten of their positions. So that's why they won the championship, guys. It's not just because Joker's really good. It's because the supporting cast is really good, too. And so anyway. I want to say, like, why Aaron Gordon's such an underrated part of that team. He had to guard the best scores on that team. He had to guard the opposing scores. Yeah, somebody's going to play defense on that team. LeBron, Jimmy Butler. He did a really Anthony good Edwards job. Towns at times. Like, I don't think people recognize realize how good this man is. He could be he could average 20 if he wanted to, but the fact that he plays his role and he plays his role perfectly without any sort of ego thing and complaining and whining and moaning, which a lot of these players in the NBA do. Case in point, James Harden. In case in point, every almost every superstar in the NBA. Yeah. Not just about. You're right. I have to bully James Harden. Anyway, so Zion, Aaron Gordon, 10 and 9. 8 Boncaro. Paulo makes the list. Not as high as you. Number seven, Kate. Paulo, I have we have Paulo, Aaron Gordon, and Zion Williamson in that exact same order. Oh, do we? Well, I know I know you got I don't know you I know you don't have this guy on the list. Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. To me, he's the center. The defensive player of the year. He's in my power forward ranking, so he's in the power forward. I moved Sabonis, so I'm keeping J Triple Day. Triple J. Um so Jaron Jackson Jr. makes it at number I think that's Six. No, I think that's seven. Williamson, Gordon, Paolo, Triple J. Next, Evan Mobley. Mobley, six. Okay. We have him as the same. Now, you're going to hate number five. But as I hate your number four, and my number five is way more justified than your number four, and how you omitted him from your list, I don't know. Julius Randle, number five. Randall's 25 five? points per game, led the Knicks to the second round. J- Julius Randle is on the list. Unlike I'm, Victor Wembanyama. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest here. He wasn't on my mind. And I've I gathered. May- and maybe it's because, like, I don't – I'm you not a fan like of him. him. You don't like him. I, I, that's, I, I knew once you got by Wemby, he wasn't making the list. Anyway, I think Siakam goes four. Because of the minutes he plays and the role he plays with the Raptors. I don't know if he'll play that role with any other team, but I think Siakam for the Raptors, he's the fourth best power forward. And I think and I think role is why I had him as three. Number three for me is the most shocking player last season. 39% from three-point range is almost a seven-footer. I think he might be he might be seven feet. Laurie Markinen, number three, best power forward in the league. The only reason why I have him as five is that he's only done it for one season. 
And when he does it again, Cajun's going to look great having him at number three. Unlike your Wembenyama pick at four. Jesus. Anyway, Anthony Davis, obviously number two. And number one, people continue to say the best player in the world. I say number three best player in the world, depending on where Tatum falls in that list. Giannis Antetokounmpo. He is number one. So go ahead, Cajun. Who are your centers? Well, I don't know if you can argue with one, two, and three here. Well, sadly, Cage, I want to argue Embiid, but I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can. I don't think I can argue Embiid any farther down. Reigning MVP, average thirty-three a night. Well, one, let's just get it out of the way. The best player in the league right now, no questions asked, Nikola Jokic. Two, the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid. Three. DeMontis Sabonis. I have Sabonis three. I never really considered him as a power forward. I had him as I had him as a center. Because that's how that's what he played in Sacramento. And that's and you could argue had it not been for Miles Turner in Indiana, that's what he he would have played that in Indiana as well. Now four. And this gets a little bit dicey because you can easily say the center position past Sabonis is the weakest position in the league. Yeah. Easily the weakest. But because I didn't have him on the power forward ranking, and the only reason why I did not have him on the power forward rankings is because Steven Adams is out for the year. So by default, he is going to be the five because I don't think Tillman Sr. or Aldama, with also Brandon Clark out, I don't think you could consider them as like the five in this situation. But four, I have Jaron Jackson Jr. Only because Steven Adams is out. Any other year, he would have been a four. But I think with the situation that's in Memphis right now, I think he'd be four. I think he'd be at the five. Now, five. You might like this. You might not. Chris Stapps Porzingis. You're damn right, Cajun. You're damn right. Now, does he have his injury issues? Yes. Was he relatively healthy last season? Yes. And when he was healthy last season, did he play up to his potential and have a great season? Yes. So he's at five for me. And honestly, this is where things get dicey. Now, six, I have Miles Turner. Because I'm looking... Huh? That wasn't me. That, that wasn't me. That wasn't someone in your background. That definitely wasn't me. Uh, six is Miles Turner. I'm looking. I'm going through this list as I'm deleting like some of these names that I already put there. Sabonis. Miles uh, Turner out of that list. Out of these seven names that I have right now. Honestly, he's always underrated, but he's a great offensive option and can pass out of the post. Like, 
rebound, like he stuffs the stashy a little bit, albeit not like Demonte Sabonis, but Nikola Vucevic. Um, I think this guy's going to have a great role now that like he's now in Portland. DeAndre Ayton. Nine. He kind of had a letdown year. He kind of had like a down year last year, but I think he's still a solid big and one of the more consistent ones. Jared Allen. And 10. And 10. Uh, can I tell you the three names that I'm kind of like torn? Go ahead, Cage. Actually, two. Two. No, three. Three. Shangun. Yep. Go- Gobert. Walker nope. Kessler. Oh, you're playing on my heartstrings. Kessler didn't make my list, Cage, but he's damn close. And he could make the list this year because I love me. Love me some Walker Kessler. So, Gobert's out of that. Because... Yeah, Gobert's a bum. To me, it's between it's between Shingun and Kessler. Um, I think as much as I could be wrong here, I think the amount of depth that the Rockets have kind of hurts Shingun's case for now. So I'm gonna go Walker Kessler at ten. What a pick! So what's your list? Jokic. Embiid, Sabonis, Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay. Kristaps Porzingis, Miles Turner at six, Lucevic at seven, Aiton at eight, Jared Allen at nine, and Kessler at ten. I can't believe you admitted one of your favorite players. You left him off the list. He's on my list. You left him off the list. You know, openly, I'm going to have at least one different because you have Triple J as a center, Adam as a power forward. Because you're you're he's going to be a center this year. He's played center, but he played power forward last year. He was defensive player of the year as a power forward last year. So regardless, it doesn't really matter. We both have in our rankings. So we have one player different. So my number ten is Anthony Sangoon. For everything that you've said, even though I think he's gonna have that limited role with Houston, he is a good basketball player, and he could have a very good season. Even with the amount, the amount of mouths to feed in Houston. If there's one guy on my top 10 that I would take out, more likely, is Jared Allen. I agree with you. Allen didn't make my list. I thought about it. And again, I love Walker Kessler. Walker is there a way I can outside. change it now? I mean, you can change it. I'll finish my list and you can reorder if you want. But my number nine is Jonas Valanciunas. Or as Charles Barkley once said, Valanciunas. So Valanciunas makes it at number nine. I do really like Jonas. I think he's a really good player. I think it sucks he plays in New Orleans, but I, I do see him as a very valuable player to that team. I think that's the issue. But I think that's the issue why I don't have him in my top 10. He's in New Orleans. Yeah, exactly. Um, so role. number eight. Now I'm kind of stuck between a bunch of guys that I think are really good, but do not, do not, do not. 
kind of compare. They're all different players. I think Brooke Lopez has got to go eight. Brooke Lopez, number eight. I thought I thought of him. You love Brooke Lopez. I can't believe you didn't make a list, Cage. Can't believe you didn't make a list. Number I thought, seven. I thought of him, but he, like the ones that I have right now, because I because by the way, Jared Allen's off the list. Nine is Kessler. Ten is Shengu. Okay. Poor poor Jared Allen from number what number eight to off the list. God, he, he dropped he dropped hard. List. Yeah, number nine off the list. He dropped like a stone. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, Sengun for me, Valanciunas, Brooke Lopez, then number seven, Bam Adebayo. Love oh, me some Bam Adebayo. How, how you miss Bam Adebayo, I don't know, Cage. Cage, your center list is whack. It's almost as whack as your power forward list, but this center oh, list is whack. Well, okay, that's a brain fart on my end. So Cage's got to reorder his center list again, so scratch that for the second time. Well, I'm going to finish first, Cage, before you tell me again. You're, I'm going to finish, just in case you miss anybody else. So Sengun, Valanciunas, Lopez, Bam Adebayo, then DeAndre Ayton, then Miles Turner. So Sengun 10, Valanciunas 9, Brooke Lopez 8, Bam Adebayo 7, Ayton 6, Miles Turner 5, Kristaps Porzingis 4, and then the same top three you had, Cajun. Three is DeMontis Sabonis, two is Mr. Reigning MVP, Joel Embiid. And number one is the best player in all of basketball, the best player on earth, Nikola Jokic. Oh, man. How did Bam and Bio slip through my head? I, I don't know how you missed Bam. I got to be honest here. I was kind of – I thought that's, was... that's why I kept replaying the names in my list because like, you don't have Lopez, you don't have Bam. I was, like, confused at your list for a minute, even though you had a Triple J. And then Gobert was in, like, the contention? Rudy Gobert? Huh? See, I thought I thought I thought of Bam, but then when you said Bam and I looked at my list, I'm like, I don't have Bam. I'm like, well, that got to change now. Like, how is Vucevic? Like, Nick Vucevic's not on my list. He had a horrible year last year. I can't believe you. Okay, it's okay. Do you, have you fixed your center list yet? Or are you still messing it up? I'm still messing up right now. Okay, because... well, I'm going to get rid of mine because actually, you know what? I am going to save it just in case I want it later. So my list has now been saved. Oh, I guess I should. I should name it something. So we will so we will I now have... quickly try to do our rankings of the season. This episode is probably going to be about two hours long now because we've got about an hour just on player profiles. Fair enough. Go on. So you got it fixed yet? I think I do. Okay. Well, let's hear it, Cajun. What is the new position rankings for Cajun Thieber Tandy Caslow? Oh, boy. How did I forget that? The second time for V V three. This is the V three list. The version three version, or the third version, because for some sort of reason, Cajun got lost in the banana boat. Yeah, pretty much. Because how the hell did Bam Adebayo slip through slip through my head? I have no idea. But Tennis Shangun, Kessler's at nine. Vooch is now off of my list because I, a bum. I, it's okay. He's a bum. Continue. Kessler and Sengun are going to get better. Vucevic is who he is. Exactly. And he had his worst year last year. Anyway, continue. Eight is Aiton. Yep. Seven is Miles Turner. Okay. Six is Kristaps Porzingis. Ugh, I don't like that. Five is Bam Adebayo. Four is Jaron Jackson Jr. Holy 
Jeez, I almost cussed there. He put Jared Jackson or four? I love Triple J, but he got better than Chris Tops. Defensive player of the year. Okay. Gotta give you him a you have it, big dog. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you. Big dog. And plus a bigger, role in, a bigger role in Memphis now than Porzingis will have in Boston. That's also the other fact. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. And then one, two, three doesn't change. Jokic at one and beat at two. Sabonis at three. Yeah, so basically, Cajun had to rework his entire list because Cajun just decided to keep off Bam Adebayo. No, no, no. I didn't decide to keep off Bam Adebayo. I forgot about you know, it. You know, you know, Cajun just, Cajun just absolutely, you know, ruining his power forward and center. So, Cajun, you basically, what, what I understand, your point guard list was pretty good. You know, we've got, you've gotten worse as the shows went on with you. You know, your list got progressively worse, peaking with the power forwards, might I add. And then there's just complete, you know, the complete admittance that, Dan Autobio's on a top 10 center by you. You know, I can't believe that. Can't believe it, Cage. No, 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 no. I, he, he literally just slipped my mind. Like, I thought I had Bam in there, and then I, and then when you said Bam Autobio, I'm like, oh, damn. I Wait a second. I was like, it's just one of those things where you, like, mindlessly have it, like, have him, have him in your mind, and then he's not there. I'm like, wait, what? Because I'm not going to lie, when you were thinking about the – when you were talking about the power forward list, I had him in my mind. But for some reason, it just never computed. Just never got on – the, the, the mind, the thought never got on paper. Apologies, Bam. You're at five. Well, it's okay. Cat doesn't make any of my list because Cat's a bum. Anyway, uh, so, Cage, we're not going to do our season rankings because hopefully we don't take an hour doing this because then this episode will be about three hours and no one's going to listen to it. So that works. So, right. Cage, who – do you have a rankings for the East, or do you want to? Are you thinking? Because I'm starting mine right now, and I've I've basically got it kind of set in my mind. It's more just like once you get past five, it's kind of close for everybody. Uh, you start off your list. Okay. Well, now I gotta now I gotta speed up, Cage, and I really appreciate that. Thanks. You know. So, uh, obviously Milwaukee is number one for obvious reasons. Um, oh. Lillard and Giannis are probably going to be an unstoppable duo. And I don't know who's going to stop them. Fair enough. Uh, Celtics number two. I, again, do think the Celtics and Bucks are close. I think Drew Holiday and Porzingis as a duo compared to what the Bucks added. And then Giannis versus Tatum plus the Celtics got Brown. So those two teams are going to be very close again. If they If they change a little bit, like... I think that's a fair assumption, but like those two teams are easily gonna be the best two teams in the East. Easily best two teams in the East. Mm-hmm. Number three, I got Cleveland. Cleveland. I got the Cavs going number three seed. I yep. love Cleveland's team. Their playoff run, notwithstanding, I think they're a good enough team. I think they're gonna improve and move up from four to three. Yep. Number four, where it gets interesting for me, because I don't like Brooklyn really. I don't like Philadelphia at all. You know what, kids? You know what? You know what? You know what? I'm going to do a thing. And it's not going to be a popular thing, but I'm going to do a thing. It's going to be the New York Knickerbockers at number four. To be honest, I have the Knicks at four. Of course you do. See, you're just copying my answers. You know, this is ridiculous. I feel like, I feel I like the smart math kid. I literally was literally writing the, type, typing this up. Well, I got the Knicks at number four. Because I think Jalen Brunson will continue to improve. Julius Randle's great. If... Barrett can continue his play from the World Cup. You know, it, the Knicks are going to be a good basketball team this year. Number five, I think I got to put Philadelphia. So 76ers go at number five in the conference. 
So they're going to play against the Knicks in the first round in New York at the Garden, which is going to be a rough series. I'm taking on Miami in the first round. Is it Brooklyn? I mean, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. I can put them here. I can justify putting them here, Cage. It is Indiana. Indiana will be facing against the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round, which is a horrible game for Cleveland. They don't get any easy playoff games here in the East. As much as people dog on the East not being as good as the West, might I add. So the Pacers getting on the sixth seed. The seventh seed will be the Nets, which means they're technically in the play-in. Okay. The eighth seed, I think it's going to be the Heat again. Actually, you know what? I'm going to flip that. Heat seven, uh, Nets eight. So the Heat wow. are going to be seven. The Nets are going to be eight. Then number nine. Oh, Lord. Uh, I got to go Atlanta. I got to go Hawks there. Number 10, though, I'm going to I'm gonna change the script. Number 10, the last play-in team, who I think will win their play-in game and beat the Hawks. I wanted to put them above them, but I can't justify it. Orlando. I like the Magic. Unlike uh, that, that knucklehead, uh, uh, Patrick Beverly, I like the Magic. Magic number 10. They make the last play-in spot. And then 11 down, I think the Raptors just miss out. I think they start making trades because they're going to suck. Um, they're probably going to be better than 11th, I'll be honest. I probably am lower ranking them, but um, they were a 9th seed last year, and they lost their they lost their point guard. They lost some pieces. They lost their head coach. We'll see what they look like. Number 12. I think I, I'm going to put Detroit. The Pistons are going to get better. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I want to put them near the playoffs closer, but I, I can't justify it. 13, Cage. I got the Wizards, the Hornets, and the Bull. Uh, the Bulls are going to go there. I think I put the Bulls a little too low, but I hate the Bulls. The Bulls suck. The Bulls are so bad. You have the Bulls there? The Bulls suck. The Bulls suck, Cage. The, the Bulls are garbage. Anyway, um, the Hornets are going to go the 14th seed. And the 15th seed is going to be the Washington Wizards because they lost their best player. Even though I love Jordan Poole, the Wizards suck. Okay. All right. My list, quickly. You had Bucks at one. I got Celtics one. Woo! I'm Cage. I'm switching my list up. Bucks, uh, Celtics one, Bucks two. I agree with you. I agree. You're right. You're right. Well, how can I, how can I be so foolish, Cajun? Celtics one, Bucks two. You're right. You're right. I guess one to four is, is correct with, uh, is like. Where's the saying? right teams? Yep, Celtics, Bucks, Cavs, Knicks. I got the Heat five. Oh my lord! And I think, and I think, and hear me out here. I uh, think the Heat wanna... are going to take the regular season seriously now. Oh bull, garbage! They haven't. They've been not. They've been to the finals two years in the last what four? Two times in the last four years. They've been playing teams both times. Joke, Gage. They're not going to be a good basketball team. They're going to suck in the regular season. They're going to make the play in, and they're going to make the playoffs they the again. Se- weren't they the one seed two years ago? Really? Yeah, that. exactly. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. That didn't happen. Exactly. That's that's fake news. I don't. I don't think the playing situation is going to happen for the Heat. I think they're going to make it. They're going to just make it like out of it. Now six, and I really want to put the Pacers in here so bad over the Sixers. But I'd, oh, you got the Sixers. That's oh my god. 
I have the Sixers at six, and I really wanted to put them in the play-in situation. I really did because I. But they, they have Joel Embiid, dog. There's no way they're gonna be that bad, even without Jake Harden. They have Embiid. That that like, that that's the deciding factor for me. As much as all the drama from Harden, they're gonna deal with that. I couldn't justify them putting in putting them in the playing situation. Now, I have Pacer seventh. Um, maybe I wouldn't say this is a homer pick. Because if this was a homer oh. pick, I'd have this team a whole lot higher. Let me but guess. But Raps eighth, of course. I think. I think you're gonna see a more cohesive team. You better, you better hope so. And I think Scotty Barnes is going to be put in the in a position to succeed. And that's what they all say. Well, the problem was they did play selfish last year. Um. And I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Now, nine, I got the Hawks. And as much as I wanted to put this team in the playing picture so bad, I think the Nets just have more talent. So I got Nets. And just, just outside. Magic 11, Pistons 12th, Bulls 13th. Hornets 14th, 15th Wizards. We agreed on the Bulls. We literally agreed. We literally agreed from Pistons down. Pistons 12, Bulls 13, Hornets 14, Wizards 15. See, I thought you were going to put the Bulls at 15. No, no. They're not going to be that bad. They have Levine and and DeFrozen still. They aren't going to be that bad. But they're going to suck. They're going to be bad. Yeah. They're not going to be a good basketball team. They're going to be poo-poo. Yep. They're going to be kind of – they're going to be kind of dog – and I'm kind of here for it, by the way. Make sure I say that. Kind of here for it. Mm-hmm. So I gotta be honest here, Cage. I don't know who to put first in the West. I, I thought, I I thought about this, but I like I kind of flip flopped on this. I don't. I don't know who to put. I don't know. I I want to put the Nuggets there, but like, are they actually gonna be the best team in the West again? Memphis is missing Jaw for the first 25 games. I think that's gonna really gonna hurt them. I want to put Sacramento, but they didn't get that much better. So I guess. As much as it pains me to say, I think it's got to be Phoenix. Like I think it's, I think it's got to be the Suns number one. Then number two, I think it's got to be the Nuggets. Yep, we both have one and two, one and two on the same page. Well, then I think we're gonna disagree on three because I think Sacramento stays the same. Oh, Sacramento, Sacramento number three, number four. I'm gonna go Golden State. Oh. I think Golden State goes number four. Then number five, I'm going to have the Grizzlies, who dropped like a stone. But again, I think this Western Conference is going to be a absolute bloodbath. Um, Six. I think six has got to be the Lakers. Because barring Clippers' health, I don't trust them. Oh, God, where are the Thunder going to go, though? Oh, Christ. This is where it gets tough. Okay, scratch that. Thunder 5, Grizzly 6. The Grizzlies suck. Never mind. I lied. Cajun. I finna lied. That's my bad. I didn't mean to lie. So, the Thunder at the 5 spot. They'll play Golden State in the first round, which would be a great series, by the way. Grizzlies play Sacramento in the first round. That'd be a great series, by the way. The Nuggets would get one of the playing teams. So I think it's going to be Los Angeles again. That would be the Lakers. Of the Lakers variety. 
I then think the Clippers will get the eight seed. So that'll be a first round matchup at crypto slash or uh, at uh at what what were they call it again? Staples. Mm-hmm. So Lakers, Clippers in the play-in. The ninth team in the play-in. Oh Lord, oh, my God. I think I got basically everybody. Um, uh, Jesus, I don't want I don't want to put them in so bad, Cage. I don't want to put them in. I think I have to though. What? I think the Jazz get that much better. Uh, I don't like I don't like the lower. Ha- oh God, where are the Mavs gonna go? Hey, never mind, Cage. The Clippers are gonna go nine. The Mavs are gonna go eight. I can't I can't put the Mavs any lower than eight, even though I don't know what the the duo of Doncic and um, Luke is gonna look like. I gotta put them above the injury prone Clippers. Then number ten. I got to put – I don't want to put Minnesota in so bad, but I love Anthony Edwards. And can I justify putting Utah over them? I think the answer to that, Cajun, is no. So I think the Timberwolves get the 10 seed. But they get blown out in the 9 versus 10 game. So Minnesota make it to the playoffs but just barely and then they get blown out in their one playoff game they get and somebody breaks their hand again what about the pelicans uh i just i think they're so hurt i don't think they'll make it i do love the pelicans though i'm gonna put them at 11 and then at 12 i'm gonna put the jazz i want to put them in the playoffs but i just couldn't justify it 13 is going to be San Antonio. They're going to have spurts. They're going to be great at certain times, but they're going to they're going to be bad at certain times because of how young they're going to look with yep. Wembenyama. I think the Rockets are going to stay at the 14 spot because until they prove to me they can be win, they can win with Udoka and the new guys they brought in. I don't trust them. And then I think Portland's going to be last, even though I love Scoot and I love Anthony Simons. I just don't know what they're going to be without Lillard, to be honest. Mm. But like that, this Western Conference is going to be really good. This re- th- this list is going to be wrong. As long as you're admitting that now, I think my list could, could be right. I think yours is going to be wrong. But anyway, you continue. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. Suns Nuggets, one and two. Yep, we agree. Um, oh, this gets dicey. This gets very, very dicey. So I got we... Lakers, Warriors, Clippers. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You put the Lakers at the three seed. See, see. Chemistry matters, and I think having those guys back. Availability have, matters. Huh? Availability matters. What's what's going on here? Yeah, so it it matters with all these teams at this point. <clears throat> and I think um, now I have the Kings sixth, and here's why: they were third in the West, but they were also the healthiest team by far. You have to believe that some injury regression is going to happen. To Sacramento. And if anything slight happens, I think they drop. But I don't think they drop out, out all the way into the playing situation, but they are going to drop. Okay, so wait, your Suns, Nuggets, Lakers. Because yeah. I think they're going to be playing together. They're, they're not really changing much. But who's, who's going next? So it's Lakers and who's four? Warriors. Okay. Clippers, because I think they just have too much talent. Oh, God help me. Okay, so you got Clippers five, and the finish off the the, the Sacramento gets the sixth seed? Sacramento gets the sixth seed. Oh, unlucky for them. 
And then who do you got in the play-in? Who's your play-in? Who's your four play-in teams? Thunder's at seven. Mm, okay. Grizzlies. Okay. You think they nah. drop like a, You think they drop even farther than I do? Because every other team right now, every those seven teams that I just listed are better. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying you made them. You made them drop lower. I disagree with the Lakers, though. I guess I should say and the Clippers. But anyway, continue. So you got Gra- Grizzlies, Mavericks, Mavs, T Wolves, ten, and then Pelicans, Jazz. I have Rockets over the Spurs because I do think they added a lot more talent. Spurs and then Trailblazers. So we basically agree on the teams not making the playoffs. Yeah. We basically we basically agree on the Pelicans, Jazz, Spurs, Rockets, and Trailblazers not being there, but they're going to be close. I like the Pelicans especially, implying against Zion's healthy, and you can go on the list of guys that need to be healthy for them to be playoff team. But there is a, there is a world where the Pelicans make the playoffs. Yeah. At least to play in for sure. They um, could make the playoffs if things go right and Ingram and Zion are healthy. And they play well together because we really haven't seen them play together. Well, they, well, honestly, they did. They they did for like a stretch of last season. Yeah, they were years. actually first in the West until Zion got hurt. And then the minute Zion got hurt, the bottom just fell out. Literally. Well, that's our season ranking, so we'll see how we do. I am going to keep the Bucks at one, though. I, I was joking, saying including the Celtics at number at number one. I was joking. Were you? I, I was. I'm going to put the Bucks at number one. I can't. I can't switch it now. I'm not you, Cage. I'm not going to admit. That I made a mistake, okay? I didn't make no mistake. I put my teams in my order for my reasons. I think Lillard and Giannis are going to play great together. The rookie head coach, he's going to want to win the regular season. I don't think Joe, big Joe Missoula is really going to care with the regular season with his new core. He's going to figure out who the best lineup is, who his best bench players are with Pritchard and 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 etc. So I, I think the Celtics are going to do a lot more experimenting than, than the Bucks do, and that's what's going to put them at number one, just just over the Celtics. Again, very close. I think close, there's one thing that over. you're forgetting about the Bucks. First-year head coach, different dis- defensive schemes. But, uh, but that's what I mean. I think because they have a new head coach, he's going to want to win in the regular season. Unlike Joe Mazzula, who knows it doesn't really matter. They're going to be a top-three team regardless. So let's tinker. Let's figure out who we have as the best players in each position, who the bench players are. And then, you know, when you get to game 50 or 60, you know, that's when the Celtics go on that big winning streak again like they did with Udoka and everything kind of irons itself out for Boston. That's my, that's what I expect from this Boston team. We will talk about that in a little bit as we finally are done our long-winded predictions and position rankings. Um, some of the some of these are meme based on my end, but so Cage, I will just let you do the injury report. So Cage, Stephen Adams out for the year. Yep. Jared Allen and Doncic are questionable for opening for opening night. Draymond Green, who I thought about putting in my power forwards list, might I add. He's probable to play, but he's also been injured. And obviously, James Harden, as I, as I mentioned off the top, he missed pra- or he missed practice on Monday today. He missed practice today, so he is unclear if he'll be playing in the first game, the, the the season opener for the for the Sixers. And if that continues, does he sit out the season? Does he sit out half it and get traded? Like James Harden's situation right now is really plaguing what people can say about Philadelphia, including you and I. Yeah. So, Cage, is there any injury in particular you want to talk about before we continue to move the show? Well, we mentioned Luca, right? We did. It's questionable. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich of the Pistons, he's out, still dealing with a calf injury. Um, 
Atari Easton of the of the Rockets. He's out till mid-November. Um, Jared Vanderbilt of the Lakers. He's he's leaning towards not playing. They've already named their starting small forward. It's Torian Prince. Obviously, Adams out for the season. Um, Caleb Martin. Uh, uh, arguably Spencer's most hated player at this point. Um, questionable. Um. A knee injury. That bum also dropped 25 and eliminated the Celtics out of the playoffs. And, and, and then he shot one for 13 the next night. So I don't even want to hear that. Don't even want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Man, shot well when it mattered. Um, obviously with Harrell. Obviously with Harden. Um, and I want to say, oh, Barnes had that foot sprain, but he says he's fine. His coach, Darko Ryakovich says he's fine, so and he's not in a brace. So, um, he should be able to play. Kuzma's questionable, but with a calf contusion, but all signs are pointing that he's that he might play in the in the in their home opener. So yeah. So, aside from the ones that we did mention, it was just Bogdanovich is now out. And. And. Booker and Beal are probable. Booker with a toe injury and Beal with um, dealing with some back spasms. Um, And then Barnes and Kuzma are questionable. Barnes with a foot sprain, but. He says he's fine, and Kuzma with a calf contusion, but all signs are pointing to him playing for the home open, playing in the season opener. So with all that, with all the injuries that are going into the NBA season, because of course they are, the NBA is not an 82-game season, Adam Silver, you know it. Um, you want to talk about, Cage, and the change in the game, or the game that continues to evolve in the NBA with you know, the centers and the big men that started shooting, you know, I'd say uh, Dirk Nowinski, the German. He probably started that that movement of bigs who can really shoot jumpers, can really pull up from range. Yep. Um, and then it got spearheaded by other guys who came into the league that were able to do that at bigger sizes, which has now gone into the point where you have guys like Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Um I think some other guys that are just massive who can shoot from anywhere. Um, but they're really it in my top of my head. Um, Jason Tatum, you could say that's like six, seven, six, eight. Yep. You know, and that's been even spearheaded farther by guys getting even bigger. So Kevin Durant forever has been listed at like six, ten, six, eleven. Everyone thinks he's seven feet tall. LeBron James is like six eight, or, or is he a little taller than that? Six nine, six ten. I, LeBron. I think he's six eight. I, I think he's 6'8", too, but I can't really remember. Jason Tatum's around that as well. They're not really bigs. They're threes. Durant's plays the three and the four, but he's not really a big. Now we've got guys like Chet Holmgren, Victor Wembanyama, who are 7'4 and 7'2", respectively. 7'4", Wembanyama, 7'2", Chet Holmgren, who can shoot, can dribble, can pass, can rebound, can rim protect, can do everything that a center can do, but they also can shoot threes and ball handle and do all the things a point guard can do kind of thing. Yep. So, I guess, Cage, do you think this will be the archetype 
or do you think these guys are just special? And I don't mean that as in like guys can't come in with this skill set and just be special. Again, I'm just thinking, is this going to become more of a trend, do you think? Or is this just going to be a guy? These are two guys that are special. We just happen to get them at the same time. I think it's more or less so. I think it's more so these two guys are special. And, and we just got them at the same time. And we just got him at the same time. Rookie years, by the way. I'm going to make sure I mention this. Chad Holmgren was drafted last year, but he got hurt with a Liz Frank injury, which was a foot injury. And he was out all last year. The, the Oklahoma City Thunder thought they were going to suck. Sat him. They actually made the play in. He didn't play all season last year. So his rookie season will go against Victor Yama's first season. So this might be the first time in a while, Cage, we have a really competitive rookie of the year race. Yep. Um. Yeah, like... It kind it kind of was a little bit competitive at the end there between Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams made a charge there, but no doubt, like throughout the year, like the consensus favorite was Paulo Boncaro. Um, it was close two years ago between Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley. That's about as close as it like. That was a little bit close. Um, but yeah, you're picking hairs out at this point. Um. You know how I feel about Wemby. Um, he might be your most hated player by the time the season ends, but um, with the way I, like I sing his praises, maybe. I don't, I don't think he'll be that hated. I just think you way overrated him in our in our position rankings. I think you just I think you pumped I think you pumped his tires a little too much. But, in my opinion, you pumped them a little too much. That's that is warranted. That is warranted, but. Some of the things that I honestly thought, I honestly thought like heading into the season, heading into the season before he got, like when he got drafted, I'm like, okay, I got, I was, I was, believe it or not, I was on the same wavelength as you. I'm like, okay, I got to see this come preseason time. Because he kind of did struggle in his summer league debut, but figured it out in his second game. But some of the things that he did on the floor. We're not, I was I, I literally was like my jaw dropped. I'm like, this guy is not human. I'm convinced this guy is an alien. Like blocking shots with such ease, handling the ball like a guard, nutmegging Reggie Bullock on the break, playing on the perimeter, playing in the low block, which I think he do, does have to and and that's the thing. Do you really want to like build up strength, build up bulk if you're Wemby? Because it might take away from what his play style is. I think eventually down the line, once you get into your 30s, he might have to do that. But there's like, I guess the reason why I'm, I've been high on him is like he's done things that you don't really see other people in the NBA do. Like, he, you wouldn't think any big in the NBA would do that. And I guess that's why I'm so high on him because I think the only thing that really could hold him back is his health. And plus, and plus, and I think this is the part that nobody, that people kind of like, I I don't see, I don't know if people really like, like underrate here. He's on the, he's on a Spurs organization that, Drafted and developed David Robinson and Tim Duncan under Greg Popovich. 
based off of that history alone, he is going to be special. Like, a demigod under what is arguably, like, the best-run organization in decades in the Spurs. A match made in heaven. Now with Holmgren. But that's not to say Holmgren is no slouch. The fact, like, Holmgren has amazed me in the sen- in the sense that a Liz Frank injury is a tricky injury to come back from. And he's hit the ground running preseason-wise. Defense, and I think he's looked so special defensively. And with the fact that he can handle the ball, finish around the rim, shoot threes. These two are going to be one and two in the league for a long time in terms of bigs once Jokic retires. Um, As you hear my dog in the background. Um, um, Even they think you're capping. Anyway, continue. With what? Wemby? How much, how much you're slobbering over Embiid? Again, I think he's going to be a great player. I think he has an amazing amount of potential that very few players, maybe ever, maybe not a player ever, has had that amount of potential he has. And maybe that is true. I literally, like, I think I think that first quarter against Golden State just made my jaw drop. But I got to see it. I can't say preseason this and, and, and you know, summer league that. No, no, no. I got to see it. I want to see him do it in the NBA against LeBron James, against Kevin Durant, against, you know, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I want to see it night in, night out. Once he does it, then I'll be right with you, Cage. But I got to see it. You're acting like you've already seen it. And maybe the preseason games I've sold you. I don't watch preseason of any league because preseason don't matter. I watch regular season. That's actually even half a lie there. I don't really watch regular season either. But... I watch regular season way more likely than I watch, you know, preseason. So if Wemby can do all of these things against NBA quality uh, opponents, then I'll be right with you. But I got I got to see it first. Chad Holmgren, I'm a little more for because I've seen him do it at the college level, which I respect a little more than the French league. I know it's professional versus college, but I just feel like again, just for me, I prefer I prefer college ball to NBA ball anyway. But again, I'm also not saying Chet Holmgren is going to be a star right off the hop. I think Chet Holmgren is going to be a, a good player, and I think he could be an amazing player. I think he could be a top 10 player in the league type of guy if he's healthy and you know permitting what Oklahoma City does in their offense with Shea as well as some other really good young players, Giddy as we mentioned, Lou Dort of course. You know, so Chet Holmgren's more role for me with Oklahoma City than. Wemby is, because Wemby's the, the de facto star of that team, no offense to Keldon Johnson, who I love. But I got to see it to believe what everyone's telling me. So I want Embiid to prove to me that he's the best player, he's, that he is who he is. And I think I, th- I think what really, like, makes me convinced is that he's in a good organization to be put in that position to succeed based off of the history of bigs that they've drafted in Tim Duncan and David Robinson. I think that's also the biggest factor. Because if he got drafted with some with someone like Minnesota, then there's questions. Then there's legitimate questions like how is he going how is his role going to be handled? What does he play? But I think with a, 
a team that's as organized like organization wise they're so structured in San Antonio that that was already convincing as it is and then seeing him play for stretches in which he just utterly dominated on both sides of the floor I think all those combining factors like have me convinced but I think but I, but at the end of it all I think you could very very well see these two go what uh, be one and two in the center in the center ranking But that's just me. And I don't know if Wembenyama is going to play point guard his whole career. I don't know that either, which is more of my worry for Wemby. Because, again, if these guys can ball handle the way they can, will they actually be playing center or move a point forward? And then who do they guard? And it just began, it becomes a whole thing, Cage. Whole thing. So now that I think you're done talking about the game changers, the league, the maybe the league changers and Holmgren and Wembenyama and whoever may follow them, in the coming years. Yep. What do you expect realistically from the Raptors? I know you put them in the playoffs. I put them just outside of the playoffs. What do you realistically expect from the Toronto Raptors this season? I think I'm, I think, I think that's realistically what I expect them to be in the play in. I don't even know if they take a play off. Um, wait, let me see this. Yeah. I have them as a playoff, as a playoff team. Um, the only reason why I say they are a playoff team, and look, my my list has the Celtics and Raptors in the first round, so if that happens, that'll be interesting. Um, I think for the Raptors, I think that this year is going to be a better season than last year. Now, you could say they lost Fred Van Vliet, and they lost Nick Nurse. But there were a ton of problems last year offensively with uh, last year with that team. It's not enough ball movement. Rolls weren't in question. Um, minutes dis- distribution was also a big issue. Uh, Gary Trent Jr.'s role was like a little bit like wonky. Um, guys were hurt too. Um, but they do have they sneakily have a lot of depth. They sneakily have a lot of depth. Obviously, they added the best player in the world, um, according to Noah Lyles, Dennis Schroeder. Um and I said this before and I'm gonna say it again. I think Scotty Barnes is gonna be put in a position to succeed as a point forward. Um you can say there's a little bit of like an overlap between Ananobi and Siakam, but I think they're going to have better years too. Um, the floor is going to be spaced out more. There's not going to be um, late game shot clock situations in which Van Vliet's flinging it from 30 feet. I think there's going to be a lot more structure and ball movement in the offense under Ryakovic. Um, and they got depth too because Gary Trent Jr., he knows he's playing as a sixth man and he knows he's going to be that sixth man scoring off the bench. So... They, he knows his role, and I think that's the big key. It, th- that's a big key for him. And also, they do have some depth in like Boucher, Precious Lachua, Precious Lachua if he's healthy, Jalen McDaniels, who I loved as an addition to that team, Otto Porter Jr. is healthy. Don't forget Jakob y- Pertl playing at the five under a new training under training camp under his belt too. Um, 
there's just a lot more depth on this team. I think they're going to play more cohesive. I think there's going to be better chemistry with this team. But I also think the East is deep enough in which I don't I don't see them getting out of the playing picture. I I don't see them like they have to go through the play in to make the playoffs. Because Celtics, Bucks, Cavs, Knicks, Heat, Sixers, and even Pacers to a degree to me, they're all better. They're all better. Now can they exceed expectations and maybe make it maybe surprise people as as the fifth and sixth is going maybe five or six maybe it happened two seasons ago i just don't see it happening okay jim my answer's not gonna be as long-winded as yours because your team sucks my team doesn't the celtics's peak is number one team in the in the in the in the nba number one team in the east and number one team in the nba their floor is probably the three seed in the east but you wouldn't think they get lower than the two seed but i think like the absolute bottom out celtics are a three seed um, I think they get the two seed. You said they get the one seed. Um, we're, I think we're uh, and you're the Celtics fan here. I mean, sorry that I think Lillard and Giannis is going to win 60 games this year, maybe 65 games this year. But again, I think they're going to be close. I think those two teams are going to be within one or two wins, the Celtics and the Bucks, regardless of who's one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot, starting lineup of Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Derek D. White, Derek White, and Chris Porzingis is gross. That's probably the best starting five in the NBA as a five without individual players. No offense to no offense to Phoenix, who have three great players, but like who are the other two guys? Nurkic at the five and who knows at the who knows at the three. Yeah, who knows who's playing around Kevin Durant if he's playing the three or the four. Um, and then the Celtics got Peyton Pritchard, who they made moves to get minutes for Peyton Pritchard, which makes me excited. And he's, um, in the, and he's looked good in preseason action. Looks great. He's looked great in preseason. Delano Banton, former Toronto Raptor. He'll have some minutes off the bench. I love me some Sam Hauser, uh, former Virginia former Virginia Cavalier for Coach Bennett. You also, mm. of course, still got the big guy, the old man, Al Horford. You got the fresh rookie that they stole basically from, um, I think it was Sacramento's draft pick in Jordan Walsh out of Arkansas. And I still love J.D. Davison. Davison, a draft pick that the Celtics made uh, two years ago in the second round. He was supposed to be a, a development point guard who did, could, wasn't a really good shooter at Alabama. <laughs> raw passer, had some raw ability. We'll see if he makes any rotation minutes because of the lack of backup guards now with, with both Smart and Brogdon gone. So I'm excited for the Celtics team. I'm honest. Like, a lot of young guys I like. Pritchard, Davison. Um, Hauser's not really young, but still a younger guy drafted a draft pick Walsh, you know, you still got Al Horford as a veteran. The starting lineup looks great. I can't wait to see those five guys on the floor together and holiday white Porzingis, of course, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So I'm excited for the Celtics team. And I genuinely think they could be the best team in the NBA this year. I agree with you. I think they could be the number one team in the East and the best team in the NBA, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to out duel Milwaukee. Because that's the only team they're fighting, in my opinion, is Milwaukee. I have to agree with you there. There's only two issues. There's two concerns I have with the Celtics. No, that's the Celtics. Hmm? That, that, that's the Celtics. That's number one. Is that they're the Celtics? Yep. One, they are a little bit top-heavy. But you need, you, need top, you need star power and depth in order to win the title. Two, 
their shot diet, their shot, their their shot selection and shot diet has to change. What we saw last season can't happen. I Jack agree with you, but I think that's why they got Porzingis because Porzingis is a, is a good can score in the post. I'm not saying he's a great post player, but he's a he's a good post player. But so is Al Horford at one at, at one point, and yeah, he's jacking up threes now too. Yeah, but he's also old. He don't know bang no post. He'll get hurt. That's why they got the young guy. And like, the guy who's more healthy than my boy Robert Williams. Absolutely. It's just you gotta you gotta diversify your offense if you're Joe Missoula. You can't resort to ch- chucking up threes because if it goes in, it looks great. But the problem is if it doesn't. Yeah. And if it doesn't go in, it gets ugly really, really quick. That's why I kind of like the additions of Drew Holiday and Chris Stiles for Zingas, because they're not shot truckers like that from behind the arc. They don't they they try to attack. Uh, Drew Holiday is more of a defense per, first guard and can attack the rim at times too. And Porzingis will show off his prowess in the post and can step out from behind the arc too, opening up driving lanes for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But bottom line is they do have the talent. And to me, there's three to me, there's three contenders in the there's three contenders who could win it all. The Bucks. The Celtics, and I'm gonna say the Nuggets. Actually, no, four. The Suns. Yeah, I think you gotta mention that both top two seeds in both conferences are teams we both expect to be not necessarily in the Western Conference Finals, but in the debate for the best teams in the NBA. Yeah. Are the four are those four teams? Both you and I put them at number one and number two in our in our season rankings we just did. Yep. So they're both teams you and I expect to be the best teams in the league and... for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons, my issue with the Celtics, they got to diversify their offense because what happened last season cannot fly under any circumstance because it's a recipe for it. Might you might get away with it in the first two rounds, you're not going to get away with it in the conference finals against the Bucks, you're not going to get away with that in the NBA finals like that and take care of the basketball. And I, and I think that's why the trades were made, as you said. So I, I think you're right. I do think that the Celtics offense needs to make a makes a change to not shoot as many threes as the Warriors do. But I think that's why they got some of the guys they did, is so that, they don't have to. That works for the Warriors. That does not work for the Celtics when it matters. No, no, it doesn't. So hopefully Holiday, the, the, the defender he is and the passer he is, all, and Porzingis as well, being able to be the, the post player that the Celtics have needed. Hopefully those two additions with Peyton Prater coming off the bench, with Hauser, with Horford, etc. Davison maybe off the bench as well as, as, a, as a passer. We'll see what this team looks like. But I think the Celtics will be the second-best team in the East and maybe the second-best team in the NBA because I wouldn't be surprised either if the Bucks are the best team in the NBA and the Celtics are just behind them at number two. That's no offense to Phoenix or uh, the Nuggets, but, I mean, those top four teams are going to be the best four teams in the NBA, and I don't really think it's going to be close between mm-hmm. the two conferences. But, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how, the, how top-heavy the league is this year. With the Suns, with the nut, with the nut, with the Bucks, with the Nuggets, with the Celtics, and as and and as as much as the LA teams are do- are dogged down because of like health and whatnot, they are very talented too. So they could easily crash a party. And but so could not- Cleveland. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see it with Cleveland because I still think they need that. Th- they they need that small forward. I still think that's a big hole for them. And against a team like Boston 
or like Milwaukee, that's going to dog them. That's going to hurt them. I think they're good at four of the five positions in terms of starting lineup, in terms of the starting lineup. But it's that three. And you need wing players, and you need superstar wing players to win in the NBA, unless you're an all-world talent like Jokic. Well, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. But I think we overstayed our welcome. Yep. Just a little bit. So, for Cajun, Thiru Thani Castle. I'm Spencer Byers. Thank you so much for taking us in here today. We'll be back on Thursday for another edition of Polar Opposites here on the Outrage Inc.